And we're live, dude. Well, welcome back to For the Good Ministry, my great, great people. Um, I just want to say, first off, thank you guys so much for being here. Michelle and I have just taken a lot of time to just be grateful for the platform that God has given us and just the the wisdom that God has given us to uh, for him to speak through us to you guys. Um, but we got we got a juicy one. So Michelle is actually not with me today. Um, I'm with a dear friend of mine. Um, we actually haven't been friends for that long. Uh, we were going to meet up in Houston, but it didn't work out. So when I ended up moving to North Dallas, I was like, oh, I think... I think JB's here, so I hit him up, and we've been catching some lifts, hanging out some, so I was like, dude, we got to run a podcast, so um, yeah, JB, say what's up, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm happy to be here on the podcast. I see the things that you guys are posting mm-hmm. online, your shorts and stuff, and I love it. There's not a like, you can see in the industry right now, there's not a lot of um, Christian podcasts that are going um the I guess your fiance now, but fiance and then them the relationship being able to talk to about mm-hmm. it together. So I also want to say, of course, we haven't been friends for long, but the relationship and what we talk about it's always fruitful stuff. It's always yeah, dude. stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to be a good conversation yeah. today for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. Whenever whenever we have a conversation, it's never our cup is always being overfilled every yeah. time we leave. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dude. How do you want to start? You just want to talk about your story to begin with because I know we have. I'm slouching a little bit. I know we have kind of a similar story um, when it comes to like college life and like lukewarmness. Yeah. Um, so I have a feeling we're going to tackle a lot of stuff there. But um, let's just give everyone some context first about where you come from, how you were raised, stuff like that. And then yeah, we'll yeah. just take it wherever the spirit wants to lead us. Okay. All right. So starting born, I was born actually in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I was born here about the age of probably about two years old. Uh, we moved to Mississippi, and we spent the rest of our a majority of my life in Mississippi. Uh, growing up, I was always in church. So grandfather, grandmother, they were always in church. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother and father always brought us to church on Sundays. It was always something big growing up. Um, I would say going through it, I always remember going to uh, Sunday school, being with my brother. You learned about Jonah and the whale. We learned about mm. Daniel and the lion's den, mm-hmm. David and Goliath. So it was all things that were like ingrained in me at a young age, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is good because the Bible tells us that like you should you should get your kids into that at a yeah. young age so uh-huh. when they go off on their own, they have a foundation. Yeah. Um, so I remember doing that at such a young age, and I, I wish I could remember the age at which it actually happened, but I remember that uh, me and my brother went to church with my mother, and it was a revival night. Mm. And so whenever we're in there, we could feel the presence of God. Mm-hmm. We hadn't given our li- our lives to God yet, but we could actually feel his presence in there. Mm. And so after the service, then he's like, if there's anybody up here who wants to give their life to Christ tonight, tonight's the night to do it. So me being the young person that I was, I was like, I don't want to go up there for yeah. everybody. So I didn't do I didn't. <coughs> what, uh, what church was this? Was it a non-denominational church? Was it? It was Baptist. Baptist? So I okay. Grew up Baptist. Okay. Portion, gotcha. Which I guess you could say non-denominational. Is, they, they follow a lot of Baptists. I, yeah. Michelle and I, it feels like we kind of, like we go to non-denominational church, but it feels like majority of people who want to grow in the Bible kind of lean more towards Baptist. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, for sure. Yeah. Go on. So we're sitting there and service ends. I don't go up to the front to altar call or whatever. My mom is talking to some people around the church about some certain things. And my brother's sitting there and he was like, dude, I think I want to give my life to Christ tonight. And I was like, oh, oh, you too. You do. You, you want to do it too. Wow. So we don't say anything. We get in the car. We're driving home. I was playing music. 
me and my brother set up like we're like all right when we get in the car we're gonna tell mom about it hmm. so we get in the car we're like mom turn the music down we need to talk to you and of course she's caught off guard she's like yeah my two young sons telling me to yeah. turn the music i want to have a serious talk what are they talking about we were like yeah we didn't go up there tonight but we want to give our lives to christ dude no way okay and so she's like she puts on pause and she's like do you actually want to do it and we were like yeah she was like because she's the kind of person like if you're gonna commit to it like don't just say you're gonna do it and not do it she was like sure this is a big step a big commitment so if you're gonna commit to it, i need to know that you're being serious and this yeah, is yeah. just like a fling in the moment kind of thing so she was like are you serious do you really want to do it and i was like yes wow and my brother were like yeah we, we're in for it we want to do it and so we went through the whole process with our church we got baptized uh, went through the whole learning process we were praying every night really and, yeah so I would say that that's the first time that we got saved. And I wish I could remember, like, like you know, people like Tim Ross, they'll tell you, like, January 19th yeah, yeah, or yeah. something. I, I did it. Like, I can't tell you the exact date. My mom has it. She has, like, certificates and signed things. Wow. Like that when we got baptized. So she has all that stuff, but I don't know the exact date. I should probably get it from her. Yeah. But so we get baptized. Um, and then we go into high school, middle school, high school. Um, get into high school. I'm not really doing a whole lot. I was playing basketball, baseball growing up, played travel baseball. When I get into high school, I got stopped playing those sports. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really involved in a whole lot. Um, just student government at the time, doing my grades. And at the same time, while I'm in that, uh, that kind of phase of my life, um, I wasn't really on board with the direction my church was going anymore. Mm, okay. um, I just wasn't feeling like I was getting like edified by the church at that time. Okay. And so I start going to a new church and my mom and my dad, they weren't really against it. They were like, if you're not getting fed at this place, yeah, then it's okay. Like I'm not going to mm -hmm. worry about if you're getting, if you're not getting fed here, you can go somewhere else. You just need to be in church. I was like, all right, cool. But with that, they're going to church at nine, eight o'clock service at that church. I'm going to 11 o'clock service. I work. Sometimes I work a Saturday shift Sometimes I wasn't, I just wasn't going to church. And mm. so I think that's what like started in high school. And then I get into college. And like you said, it was like a lukewarm mm -hmm. couple of seasons that I went through where it was just like, okay, I'm so much more worried about my appearance, how I look mm -hmm. in front of people, how I talk in front of people. Am mm. I, am I hip on the music? Uh, what, what, what's important to me? Cause there weren't a lot of things that were like really big to me besides like gaming and things like that. I would say like my super big thing that I was always <laughs> see buddy <laughs> i think something that i was always like big about was just like gaming and music and things like yeah. that so i think that's like what i identified with mm -hmm. and so alongside with that i found myself becoming lukewarm and not really caring about uh going to church or spending time with god it was kind of like i still had convictions about certain things mm -hmm. but it wasn't strong enough for me to be like i'm gonna stop doing it hmm. and that carried all the way on throughout college um okay where'd you go I went to Mississippi State. Okay. Mississippi State. So the, the, the friends in Mississippi State, how were they? So I I actually pride myself on my on my friend group that I have. So mm -hmm. all of them are God fearing men. I actually just got a really? text before he came in here. Uh, there was one of my friends who wasn't. He's also the influencer I told you about. Mm -hmm. Um he doesn't he actually grew up like a little bit in church but wasn't like really big on it. Uh, but he just texted me and he was like, yeah, I just got out of my discipleship group with my pastor mm. and stuff like that. And I was like, bro, do you even hear the trend of discipleship group now? Yeah. Based off like him seeing me on my social media and stuff that I'm doing, and I influenced him. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, my two other best friends that had weddings this year, I was uh, like, they're both God fearing men. I do Bible study with one. The other lives in Florida. Sometimes we'll get on Discord and we'll talk about yeah. God and things going on in the world and how mm -hmm. it relates to us. So honestly, my, my, my friend group around me was great. 
but it was also like they were also in a lukewarm season as well. Mm. So, so it was the whole like y'all aren't keeping each other accountable to yeah, anything. There, yeah, like like we all believed in God, mm. we all believed in Jesus, but there was no sense of like accountability for us. Yeah. And so in that sense, it was like, okay, like what we're doing, like there were certain things we had convictions about, but like going out on a Saturday night and getting drunk, there was no conviction in that. We were like, it's just really? the thing that we're doing on a Saturday night. Hmm. Then there was like, we're going to, but then it was like, if you're like watching porn or something, yeah. then it was like, okay, I feel bad about this. Like that's something mm. I feel ashamed about talking about, but going out, like there was never a conviction about that. Really? <laughs> so the convictions you were feeling it was or the convictions you weren't feeling you weren't feeling them because it was normal in your area yeah right it was very normal yeah it's a college town people are going out on a saturday night they get drunk you go home it was just like same old same old for us did you live with these people oh yeah i live with them okay two of them uh one of them was my roommate from sophomore to senior year one was my roommate sophomore year but then he went and did a co-op so he was gone and then my other roommate was uh my videographer now the one who does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam, so. Yeah, so, like, like living with him, like, like we would, like, we would set up times, like, hey, we're going to church on Sunday today. And we'd go, but it wasn't, like, an every Sunday type of deal. Mm-hmm. And so it got to a point where um, I moved out, or graduated college, electrical engineering degree, moved out, had to, had two job options. And I really think this is, like, the pivotal, <coughs> I think this is the pivotal point where God told me, this is where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So I had Intergy, which I had done internships all throughout college, or I had International Paper, which was just like another company I could have gone to that wasn't mm-hmm. the power industry. Gotcha. Uh, I did a tour of International Power. Uh, I went down to Florida, which is where my friend was going to be staying at. Toured the place, and I was like, this just isn't for me. Like, I was like, it just doesn't feel like a safe environment for me to work in. I was like, I can't do it. So my only other option was Entergy in Louisiana. Hmm. With that being said, there is nobody that I know besides yeah. a little bit of family in yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. And in my head, I told myself, okay, this is a time I'm going to focus on content creation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to focus on my walk with God. I'm just going to focus on like bettering myself, my health, everything yeah. that I want to do. And so it got to a point where I was like, wait, okay, so hold on. We need to go back a little bit. So in college, is this when you started content? Or I actually, so I've actually been doing content since I was like, like 13. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like I used to do like, like Call of Duty gaming stuff. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, I used to post like, like um, when Infinite Warfare was dropping. Oh, remember, no way. Do you remember when Black Ops 3 had Nuketown and they had like Infinite Warfare, like uh, mm-hmm. things like popping up yeah. on the map? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I made like videos about that or like, oh, wow. It was a 100 and it was like a whole big stuff I was posting. Gotcha. Call of Duty gaming. And yeah. All that. Yeah, I had some Call of Duty gaming too. Um, obviously, I don't do it anymore. Yeah, not a. Not I stink, a, but <laughs> <laughs> now I stink. I used to be pretty good, but yeah, uh, we all feel that way. We get old and we're like, yeah, we can't, yeah. We can't game the way I used to. Yeah. Okay. So, so I wasn't doing content creation. Like even when I moved out, I wasn't doing big content creation. But it was my my influencer friend. Now he started doing it, and I could see like where content w- was supposed to be and what he mm-hmm. was doing, and it wasn't like there yet. But I saw the determination. And I saw as he grew, he grew to like 100K thousand followers. And that gave me the inspiration because I've always wanted to do content creation. Yeah. But I never had anybody else around me that was like advocating for it. Okay. Or like my dad was never like. You didn't have support going into it. No, I didn't. Like they're they're old. So they never saw like the internet is like Mm -hmm. something you could do to get followers, influence people. So he started doing it. And I was like, okay, if I have a friend doing it and I see him being successful in it, I can do the exact same thing. 
Um, and as we both started, it started off with just fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, so out there I was only focusing on my walk with God, my fitness and just bettering myself. And it came to a point where I was at a roadblock. I was getting closer with God, but I wasn't putting him in my content. Mm. I was like, okay, I'm struggling because I want to put him in my content, but how do I flesh out this whole thing I'm reading about God, but I don't know how to flesh it out Mm -hmm. in a short manner. Yeah. So then I started thinking about how can I do that? Never mind. I'm not going to do it. I visit my friend that does the influence that I've spoken about. He's still like doing grad school stuff, mm-hmm. but he's doing influencing on the side. So I go out to the college town and visit him. We're talking, we're chatting. Um, and we're just talking about content and stuff. And as we're sitting there kicking it, chilling, he's scrolling on his Instagram page and my brother pops up and my brother's doing like this five minute video on Instagram where he's just talking about God and how he's blessed his life and how he brought it through a storm and how he just wanted to wow. give him a message for the day. And so I'm sitting there listening to that and I'm like, okay, if my brother can sit on him for sit on here for Instagram for five minutes talking about God and what he's done in his life, then I can give him at least a minute a day mm-hmm. talking about how he's blessed my life, why, why Jesus is the way, why you need him in your life. I was like, I can give him a minute of my day. So I started doing a devotional. I had this little devotional, 365-day devotional book. I would read out of the devotional, read a verse, read what it meant, mm. and then I would pray at the end, and then that was it. Mm. And that was my content for a while. Gotcha. And Was this like just in your room? Was it on an iPhone? This, it was on a camera, but this was like, like in my room. Okay. So it was like I'd do that in my room. I think that was like the only kind of form of content that I did at the time. I think I did like a little bit of lifting content, but as far as like the Christian stuff, it was really just like that devotional in my room mm-hmm. for the time being. Um, and so I think a little, I did like a little bit of pivoting away from fitness at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing the devotionals. It felt like really fulfilling to do those devotionals. Um, it felt like people were actually getting something out of it versus like whatever fitness content I was creating. It didn't feel fulfilling from the fitness, mm-hmm. right? from getting right. people closer to God. That felt a lot more fulfilling for me. And it got to a point where I was doing it, but I was like, God, I see people like Tim Ross, like Todd. I see people like Jayon China, or however you say his name, dude. I I, I think it was a Jayon China. Yeah, Jayon China. Yeah, China. Yeah, I see people like that, and they're they're talking, and the way that they're talking about God, it's like they don't have to they don't have to read from a book to know it. Like they've done the research, they know enough about you. Mm-hmm. And I said, I pressed out there and I prayed. I said, God, what do I need to do to take me to this level? What do I need to do so that I can preach your word? And I'm not second guessing myself. I don't feel like I'm wrong when right. I'm saying it. Yeah. What do I need to do? And I'm sitting there in prayer. And I've heard that in the time that when you're praying, you need to be silent. Yep. So I sit there, quiet, eyes are closed. I'm just listening. And I hear, Joshua, if you want to be able to preach how they preach and you want to be able to speak how they speak, you're going to have to open up that Bible. Mm. And you're going to have to read my word. This devotional is only going to get you so far. Mm-hmm. If you want to break past this barrier, you're going to have to open up that book. Mm. And so I started reading the Bible. I'm still doing my devotional at the time, but I'm reading my Bible. I'm reading through Genesis and I'm getting more of a grasp of the stories that are within the Bible. And I'm getting a grasp of God's nature and who he is mm. and why he is that way. And so I think that was like a big pivotal moment. Cause in my first, I guess like viral video of when I started doing like, gym content and Christian at the same time it was about Abraham mm. and I just got it from speaking about Genesis and it was the fact that Abraham had to wait a hundred years to get his son Isaac yeah and so I'm sitting there like okay 
I'm sending a video. I'm like, a lot of you guys are so impatient for what you want God to give you, but you don't even realize that Abraham had to wait 100 years to get his son. And it was like, so if you just trust in God, you don't know what this time is going to be, but he'll bless you with what you're asking for as long as you're faithful. And that was like my first video that popped off. Mm. And so I was like, wow. So I can do this gym stuff that I love, and I can put you in it, and I can mm-hmm. combine the two together. Mm-hmm. And I can edify people and still do what I love at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that. And I think that's kind of what brought me to doing the whole gym and Christian stuff uh, together. And eventually I was like, I'm tired of being in Louisiana. Yeah. But I, but I, it took a lot of me to realize whenever I got here, when I was moving out, I was like, God, I needed to be in Louisiana. I needed you to take me away from that college town and take me away from my friends. And even after I discussed, like, my friends weren't bad people. Yeah. But I needed you to take me away from them to be in a season where it was just me and you and we're getting to know each other and you needed to break some things in me and I couldn't have broken those things down around those friends mm. and not because they were like bad friends or they were asking me to do drugs or anything it was just like mm. if I could be reading my bible they'd be like hey well, let's go get something to eat mm-hmm. or yeah, yeah, yeah we have from free time let's get mm. instead of like a bible study mm. so it was like they we weren't doing anything edifying so it wasn't mm. like they were they weren't holding me back in my everyday life but spiritually they just weren't doing anything to push me forward mm. And I, I'm still friends with those guys today, and sure. I think we all needed that. Whenever my other friend that lives lives in Dallas, whenever yeah. he moved out, he started getting closer to God. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, I needed that time away from my friends just to be by myself, only with God and building myself up. And I think that was like one of like the biggest pivotal moments that I've had. And then I was like, all right, Scott, I think you've taught me what I needed out of this season. Um, now I think I'm ready to take it to the next level. And I started applying for places in Dallas. Yeah. Um, looking for a job here as an electrical engineer. It's not it's not crazy tough, but a lot of them were saying, like, you need, like, a CAD. Uh, you need... What? I don't know what that is. It's uh, it's it's a program that engineers use to, like, for, like, drawings and stuff. Gotcha. And they were saying that you need experience in AutoCAD. Mm. At the plant that I worked at, not everybody has experience uh, with that kind of stuff. Only two people really get experience with it, and not everybody else. So for me, I was like, I'm never going to have experience with AutoCAD in the first place. And so I was like, okay, I'm never going to be able to find a job out here. And all of a sudden, I see a job that says nuclear, which I'm working in the nuclear industry. And then I see a job that also tells me that all you have to do is be able to speak well with other people, Hmm. communicate well, um, be proficient in Microsoft's office and things like that, and just have like a general understanding of the nuclear industry. And so from doing that, I was like, okay, cool. If that's all I need, I'm going to apply. I applied, got the job. I was like, all right, we're moving out here immediately. And honestly, that's what got me to, to Dallas now. Wow. Just chilling. So how long have you been here? I've been here since late March. Dang. So I think that's like seven months. Wow. So, so yeah, it's still it's still pretty recent. Yeah. First thing, first thing I want to tackle is um, kind of like the switching of your content because we were doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and both of us had to put a lot of when the bible says die to yourself that's something that was really hard for me to do especially when it came to my content and my pride that comes with it mm-hmm. because i built my following up to close to like a hundred six thousand, <coughs> and this was before i gave my life to jesus the content i was posting with those followers i was doing it specifically because it was doing good yeah right it's not like because it was making me fulfilled and even though like yeah you know, my YouTube content was doing better. Um, and I was getting paid from YouTube and like, I was making more money, but like none of it was 
fulfilling to me. Yeah. Um, so it was a big like step back. Um, I had to die to a lot of pride. Um, and then, <coughs> you know, when I did it, I went from 106,000 to like, I think like 92,000 yeah. and like, 60 days when that happened because i know god called me to start preaching inside the gym and change my content yeah like that is something i was in prayer with him about he called me to do it and when this happened i was like why'd you call me to do this yeah and my content sucks now yeah. like why did you do this i wanted you to speak on that because i know kind of something similar happened with your content too right well actually my mom was like almost an opposite really like I was doing fitness content and couldn't find, like, I found, like, little booms, like, like here and here. Really? But I started doing the, I started doing the Christian content, and I saw that I was getting, like, like 10,000 views here mm -hmm. or uh, maybe, like, 50K views here. Um, but once I started implementing the Christian side into it, I saw it, like, boom, like never before. Mm. And then in December of 2022, um, I think I posted a video about, but first hit the kingdom of God. Now we're uh, cuffed to a lot of worldly things. We have to take off those worldly things in order to, um, we have to cut off those worldly things and seek him first and everything else will then fall into place. We need to stop putting everything else in front of us. I posted a video about that while I was in the gym and it got like almost 2 million views. Oh, wow. And then after that, I was just in the algorithm. I had people telling me I was on their explore page on Instagram and I went from 3K followers to like 96,000 and within like two months. Oh, wow. So it was like a, like a huge spike. Oh, wow. In that time. But I, I, I understand what you're saying. Cause there is a difference. Cause I'm going through something, what you're saying right now. Mine was that God showed me why I needed to be obedient. Yeah. I believe he's probably showed you the same thing as well, but I've had the same experience where, so right now in my life, I am, I'm posting on the back feet for all of my posts. Yeah. Um, that started in October mm -hmm. and that's because God told me, um, it, it came to a point where I was posting a video on my main feed and I knew I could get like 10k to 20k views um, but I was looking at it so much and I was like why is my why are my videos not blowing up yeah and it, it showed me I was like I'm worried too much about the views yeah. rather than the content that right. I'm creating right and so I sat there I was like God what do you want me to do he said I want you to start posting on the back feed he's like I want you to post there and let me reach who I'm going to reach Mm. And you don't worry about the views. You just worried about I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna reach. I'm gonna bless what I want to bless. And you just have faith in me. So mm. I went on my board that I'm walking in faith from then until December 31st. And I said, God, within this time frame, I'm believing that you're gonna show me what you're gonna do. Fast forward, I'm talking to a influencer while I'm mm -hmm. playing like Fortnite or something. Yeah. Um, he's looking at my page. He was like, you haven't posted since October. And I was like, oh no, no, that's just my front feed. I'm posting everything on the back feed. He's like, why are you posting on the back feed? And I was like. It's kind of like a faith walk thing that I'm doing right now. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm living by faith. I know it's not the smartest thing. He was like, no, bro, you should be posting on the front feed. And he was like, because that's where, as, as a brand owner, that's where I see people. Uh, that, that's where mm. I see people flocking to. You're going to get more comments. People see there's engagement. That's what they're going to run to. They were like, so as a brand owner, I wouldn't see, I wouldn't want to sign you because you don't have that much engagement because you're not posting on your front feed. And he was like, plus those people that follow you, they mm. follow you because they want to see, they want to see what you post. And so now I'm in this conflicting. I'm like, God, did I not follow what you wanted me to do? Mm -hmm. I was like, God, am I not? Did I hear you wrong? And so I'm I already know what he's about to say too. Go yeah, ahead. I'm talking to my girlfriend. I was like, babe, I don't know what to do. Should I start doing like one on the front, one yeah. on the back, so I yeah. don't get overwhelmed with the views? Or it's like, yeah. 
She was like, I don't know, but I think you should just pray on it and see. This is on a Saturday. Uh-huh. Sunday morning, I'm at church, sitting in my car. God, before I go in today, I pray that you give me a neutral heart mm-hmm. so when I go in here, I can receive what you need me to receive. God, I need today, I need you to show up and show me that you are present and you. I need an answer from you mm-hmm. on which direction I need to go into. Yeah. I'm in church, praise, worship, it's all good. And then the pastor walks out, and the first thing I see behind him on the board, it just says faith. Mm. And I was like, okay. Yeah. God, I don't know where this is at yet. I'm going to uh-huh. keep my heart neutral and let him talk. And the entire thing was just talking about walking in faith and that when God gives you a word, he gives you an order that you need to walk to it. And regardless of all the outside noises that you may hear, the mm-hmm. people, things that people may tell you, regardless of what you hear, God has given you a message you need to walk in faith and that sometimes we have to just jump. And the reason that we're so confident in jumping and people ask us, why did you jump? Why did you make that decision? Why are you posting on your back feed? And I could tell him it's because God's never dropped me before. Mm-hmm. And so he just gave me that reminder that you, you need to be walking by faith and that although in the season of your life, you don't understand why you need to do it. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't know why I'm preparing this for you. I may get to December and he never blows up my platform mm-hmm. ever, but it right. just shows me that I was breaking something inside of you right. that you don't need to worry about everything else, but That's you need exactly to be worried right. about mm-hmm. what I'm trying to show you in mm-hmm. the current season right now. So I can definitely understand how you went, you reverted back and mm-hmm. you were like, God, you've dropped my followers. My mm-hmm. content doesn't feel as good as it used to. Why? What was the exactly. purpose in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, why did you want me to do this? Yep. And, and here's the thing though, is <coughs> even with you, while that was happening, he was destroying a lot of stuff in me with my pride, my ignorance, mm-hmm. um, you know, just s- self insecurities that I had, yeah. and that wouldn't have died if I would have kept on doing what I wanted to do yeah. and not what he wanted to do. Yeah, right. Um, and also, like on your situation, you're obviously going to take advice from God compared to a human. Yeah, right. Um, I forgot about what you said, but. It takes it takes me to Acts twelve. Remember when Peter came out um, of prison and the angel led him to the house? Yeah. How did you come out and stuff like that? And it's just it's it's that chapter is so cool to me because it's the whole you are not putting your trust in people, you're putting your trust in God. And like in this chapter, so many people were putting their trust in the government for yeah. him to be released, but God's like I already have all of this figured out yeah. for you, right? So yeah. why are you trying to focus on um, the government? To go on uh, your point with like being in the boat of like, should you take uh, humans' advice or God's advice? So when Peter got in prison, this is this is Acts twelve verse five. It says, "But while Peter was in prison, the church." prayed very earnestly for him so they weren't worried about what the government was doing Mm -hmm. and how he's going to get persecuted and stuff like that they just prayed to god and with faith they expected him to be out and sure enough later in the chapter you know he showed up to the house the angel delivered him all that good stuff so where are we at now then so now i mean now i'm still posting on the back feed Mm -hmm. things like that but now i'm more at peace with it yeah so I'm no longer, like I, I can see that maybe I got five or seven K views on the video, but it's not like a, wow, that's all I got or what I need to do to be, to be better. I think there are just certain things that God's showing me why he wanted me to post on the back feed and why he's showing me that when I come back to posting on the main feed, 
that I'll be a better person for what I'm posting mm-hmm. and that when I'm posting to the masses that it'll, it'll be even more edifying than what it was <coughs> before. What, um, what is it that God's showing you with that? You think uh, what, what, what is he delivering you from right now? I think, I think one of the things was just like breaking my pride down saying like, you yeah. don't need to worry about the views. You don't need to worry about, um, how many people are seeing it. I think you just need to worry about who's getting it. But one of the things is that, uh, I become very complacent in the way I was creating videos. Mm. So it's very easy for me to read the Bible, get a word and then sit down, right. Record what I record, what I right. read and then just put some words over it. And that was all I was doing. Put mm-hmm. some music behind it. That's it. Right. But I think he was calling me that if you want to make this your career, cause I, cause he knows that I want to do content creation. I prayed about it. And he was like, if you want to do content creation for a living, I need you, you're going to have to be a lot more creative than just mm. what you're doing now. You're going to have to not see I blew you up this one time and now you're just complacent in there. I need you to be uh, forever evolving, ever growing. Gotcha. What you're doing. So now he's showing me that if you're going to post on this back for you, you're gonna, it's going to take a lot more than just, it's going to take a lot more than just some words over a screen, but it's going to take you, first of all, your the way, the message that you give is going to have to be deeper. Yeah. He's saying it's going to have to be a lot deeper in how you dive into it and dissect it. Um, with the creative mind that he's given me, you're going to have to dive a lot deeper in what, and the gift that I've given you when it comes to, uh, making your videos. I don't know if you've seen a lot of my uh, recent videos because they've been on the back feet, but there's a mm-hmm. lot more of like uh, cinematography that yeah, goes Yeah, I've noticed it. it. Yeah. So I, I've tried to jump more into that scene and that. And it's it's also made content creation a lot more fun for me. Again there you go. Yeah. And doing that. And it's like, it's not just this monotonous task that I can do in 30 minutes. It was like, it takes me two hours to edit a video sure. again. But it feels a lot more fulfilling because I was like, this is something that I'm proud of that yeah, I made. there you go. And it wasn't just like, oh, I needed a video today. Snap read this Bible, get a word, do it. It was like, I read the Bible. I dissected it. Cause now I'm like, I'm going to a park. I'm sitting out there in the park for like 30, 40 minutes, just reading my Bible. Wow. And I'm like, okay, God, what did you want to show me from this? Sit down. I put the camera up and I talk about it. I record B roll for myself. Wow. Take it back home. Do all the editing, make it sound better, put certain sounds in it then make it like, like click, whoosh, boom, all those kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just, it makes me feel a lot more fulfilled in the content that I'm creating now that it takes a lot more effort and it's not just like a, all right, I'm going to do it because God told me to, but I'm going to put my all into it. There you go. Because God asked me to. Yeah. Okay. Dude, so I, I, I want to talk to, um, I want to talk to the people about lukewarmness and how to get out of it. Um, Michelle and I have talked a lot about, you know, um, having the Holy Spirit and, um, we'll, we'll like juggle, you know, like lukewarmness. Paul talks about it a lot, um, (coughs) in the new Testament, but I I wanted you to help speak to the people that may be in a stage right now where they don't know if they're actually saved or following God. Yeah. And how did you get out of that? Like, I know you had a period of isolation. So yeah. what, what did that look like for you? I mean, I had a, a period of isolation where I was like giving my all to God, but then there was still something in the back of my mind. It's like, am I truly saved? Yeah. And what, not? and what does that look like? Uh, for me, it was, it's almost like a, a constant mental battle of like, right. how many works can I do to look good? I, I read my Bible three times a day and this person only goes to church on a Sunday. So if he's saved, I know that I'm definitely going right. to heaven. Exactly. And that's kind of like the mindset. But as you get deeper into the faith, you realize that that's not what it's about. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so I think it took a deep dive for me of just learning like, God, 
nothing that I can do on my own will ever get me there. Right. Nothing of my own works will ever be able to satisfy the law that you've created, Lord. Mm -hmm. That the fact that Jesus came and saved me, He's the reason why I'm able to do. He's He's the reason why I'm able to live a life unashamedly. And when I when I do sin, I know that I have somebody to run back to, over and over again. And so I think what it looks like is that you you truly know that you're saved whenever you you make a commitment. Okay. And so whenever we talk about me and my girlfriend, we talk about love and that w- the way we describe love to each other is that it's a commitment to each mm-hmm. other. And so I may not feel like loving her every single day, but I choose to love her. Even when she gets on my nerves sometimes, I choose to love her mm-hmm. because I told her that I'm committed to you. Mm-hmm. And whenever people go up to that that altar and they, they do the wedding thing, it's for better or for worse. I'm committed right. to loving you. And so it's the same way with God is that I'm, I'm committing my life to you. Mm-hmm. So even on my best days, even when you don't show up, mm-hmm. even on my best days, even when you're always there for me, I'm committed to you regardless. Even when I don't feel like reading my Bible, I'm committed to you. Mm-hmm. Even when I, even when I know that you may not be, even when your presence isn't around me. And that's something that I've struggled with is that sometimes I don't hear God's voice. You're and I'm like, mm-hmm. even in those times where I can't hear your voice, I'm still committed to you. I'm still going to pick up my Bible and read it for you. And I'm still going to yearn to learn more and more about you. And I think that that when you have that commitment towards God and you truly believe in your heart that you're saved, I think that's when you can start to to realize, okay, it's not just a I said and it's done because right. um, Romans tells us that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. Mm-hmm. So it's not confess with your mouth and you're saved. It's not believe with your heart and you're saved. It's both. Yeah. Both yeah, it's have both. to be true at the right. same time. So if I confess God, Jesus, that you are Lord, and I believe solely in my heart that you are my Lord, I believe both then that's when you're truly saved. Yeah. So what was what was the difference for you because um <clears throat> the difference the difference here is I believe that Jesus is Lord and I believe that he's Lord of my life. That's the difference. Some people just believe he's Lord, yeah. but they don't want to make I they don't want him to be the Lord of his uh, the the Lord of your life. Yeah. So the switch between you being like okay, now you're the Lord of my life. So yeah. for you and your walk, and because I'm pretty sure it happened in Louisiana, didn't it? Oh, yeah. So what was the switch for you? Were you just breaking down crying one day or? Oh, I definitely broke down crying one day. I think I got home and I was like, and this was having to do with like, like my content. Really? It wasn't even like my relationship with God. It was like my content. I was like, God, I'm frustrated. I'm stuck. I'm struggling. I don't know where to go. Yeah. And then it was like a point I was like, God, I give it all to you. Yeah. I was like, I'm done worrying about, I'm done, I'm done worrying about my salvation. I'm done worrying right. about, am I good enough? Lord, right. I'm, I'm giving everything to you. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the verse, but I think John Bevere spoke about it. in one of like his recent Instagram reels, um, paraphrasing, cause I don't want you guys to think I just, just said it and it's by word, but I may know it. Paraphrasing. The- he was saying that, um, it's like being humble before the Lord and, Oh, what was it? So first Peter five or six says, so humble yourselves under the mighty power of God. And at the right time, he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. Yes. So what John Bevere spoke about that, like it settled me because I didn't realize that I was doing it back then, but it settled me to know that when you're not casting your anxiety and your worries and all of your troubles to him, because it says in all your humility, that means you're not being mm-hmm. humble before him. Right. And so it, it was like a time that I remember being just crying to God. And I was like, I'm giving it all to you. And that like, I'm, I'm in all of my humility. I am not strong enough to lift this up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in me that could do it. 
and I, I'm giving this all to you, and I'm done trying to do it by myself. Right. And I think that's like where, it, I think I think that was like like my true turning point. For yeah. Me. Something Michelle helps me out with so much is because, <coughs> just just as humans, and also um, me being an entrepreneur, um, you know, we're meant like in society they teach us it's all on you, yeah. it's all on your own. And if, you know, you don't work hard and you don't do this, 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 then you're, you're terrible to society, yeah, right? It's hustle culture. Yeah. Hustle, yeah, exactly. And that, that's what I got trapped into. So, um, obviously there's still some things lingering about that, mm-hmm. but that's something that Michelle checks me on a lot is maybe a sales call will go bad or something will happen in business. And she was like, okay, so you're casting your worries on yourself or mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you're right. We, we all know that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. But the difference of him being Lord and him being Lord and the Lord of your life. Yeah. Yeah. What was the switch for you in that regard? I think it came, where would I say that? Because that, that is what people struggle with lukewarmness. They're like, I want to (coughs) get, excuse me. I want to get out of this lukewarmness, but I don't know if I'm truly saved. And from the people that I've spoken to, it feels like it comes down to ignorance and them being like, it's because I still want control over some things. Yeah. So it's like, what, what's that switch? Or do they not have enough evidence? Is it just a pride thing? I think it's literally just being able to deny the flesh. Yeah. So I think it's a, they have fleshly desires. So they, they want to be good for God, but they have fleshly desires that they don't want to give up. Mm. And so I have a, I see a lot of people online and, and I'm never called to judge them. Mm-hmm. But I feel bad whenever I see somebody online and they're like, I can openly see that they're a Christian, but then like their content doesn't reflect the same type of thing. Man, yeah. And, I, and I'm never called to like be like, nah, they're not a real Christian because they could be and they may just have a vice that they're struggling with. Right. It just comes to the fact that they have fleshly desires and it's very hard for them to say, like I saw a video the other day and it was a guy who was like, do you not feel bad for going out and drinking? And he was like, no, nah, man, if I can just go out, I'll get drunk. It's not like I'm hooking up with a girl. I'll just go out, drink, and then... God will forgive me tomorrow. I'll be at Sunday church tomorrow. And it, it's it's the fact that our lives are not our own. Mm-hmm. Our, I can't, I, I don't think it's in Galatians, but I was reading it earlier. I don't remember where I read it or maybe where I heard it from. But it's a verse that says that our, our lives were not our own. We were bought at a high price. Mm. And that once once we give our lives to Christ, that our lives are not, all, they're, they're no longer our own. It's Christ that lives within us. And so that with that, there are things that have to die. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's a verse in, in Hebrews that me and my friend were reading the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 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 it was in 1 Corinthians, sorry. I get all these books mixed up right now. But it was in 1 Corinthians um, speaking about how there are certain things that when God plants a seed in us, that our flesh first have our flesh first has to die if we ever want to see the fruit of those seeds. Mm. And so that if we if God plants a seed in us, but we can't get to the point where we deny our flesh and we kill our flesh, then we can't be resurrected resurrected as the person that we're meant to be until we actually truly deny our flesh and kill it. And so I think that's like the main part is like that lukewarmness comes from not being able to deny your flesh in the first place or not having the what we know as as an all for God. It's having mm. an awe for God or a fear of God saying that, God, you're so mighty, you're so powerful, and I love you so much that I don't ever want to do these things that do disappoint you. I don't want to do them anymore. Right. If you don't have that in your life to say, God, I just watched porn, and now I'd, if, if you don't feel bad about that, exactly. then, then you're not, you're not, you don't have a reverence for what, uh, what God hates. Right. 
God doesn't hate the sinner, but he hates the sin. Right. So if you don't hate what God hates, then you don't have a reverence for God mm. and how powerful he is and what he does. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's it right there. So, dude, you brought me to So I've been reading in Ephesians, and this, okay, so if, if you're struggling with lukewarmness, read the book of Ephesians, because this, this is the book where if you think you are Christian, you think you are fully saved, this book is going to correct you, yeah. and it's going to just convict you the whole entire book. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to read Ephesians 2, verse 1. Um, so it says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Paul writes this letter to correct the people that are so-called Christians. Yeah. That's why he writes this letter. So literally this whole book, it's to convict you. Yeah. Like as I've been reading, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I may be messing up on this part yeah. right here. Um, and that's good. That's, that's the point of the Bible speaking to you. It, once you're reading this book and cause one thing about the Bible, it, it speaks to you as you're reading it. It's oh. the only book in the world oh, that yeah. does it. But as you're reading it, certain sins are going to come up. And the most important thing are the secret sins that come mm-hmm. up. And that is when you know if you truly have the fear of the Lord in yeah. your heart. It, it's, it's that and then being in different seasons as well. So you can read one thing in the Bible and be like, okay, I read it this one time in this season, and it didn't mean anything. And then you get into another season in your life, and you're like, wow, I didn't right. even realize I was yep. doing that. Yep. And I think that's like that, that's a big case for like people that are lukewarm, that are getting closer to God. They read certain things um, from the Bible, like when they, whenever maybe they were lukewarm and they were reading it, it was just like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I, I get that. Yep. And then as they read deeper, they were like, <coughs> oh, this is like, like I have to die. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I got to pick up my own. Like, uh-huh. like they hear pick up my cross when they're lukewarm, and now that they're really in the faith, they're like, oh, I got to pick up. My yeah, cross. yeah, like, yeah. It's not like a, it's not like a one and done thing. This uh-huh. is every single yeah, this day. Is every I day. have to do this. Yeah. And so it's like in those different seasons, it's gonna hit. Like, I think the book of Ephesians is a great one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think reading through Corinthians um, with how bad the church was. Oh, Corinth, yeah. Like oh, was, my goodness. That, yeah. Corinth was such a mess, bro. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's something else. <laughs> if you read through it, it was such a mess. Yeah. So, like, oh just, my goodness. just like seeing them, you're like, okay, there are these imperfect people, but Paul directs in a certain way how to call those people out. Right. And, and, how, to, and how to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, from I guess from the biblical sense of mm-hmm. it, like how, to, how first of all, how do you live this life as a Christian, and how do you how do you direct people who aren't living that life as a Christian? Well, how do you how do you direct that and cut that back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here here's here's the thing though, is how do we as believers talk to the lukewarm person in love to help them get out of that? How do we have a strong enough testimony to say, hey, this life is so much better? compared to you being lukewarm because we have to remember also how much they love the sin that they are in yeah and they still think that they're obeying god doing it but uh first corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 i planted the seed apollos has assigned to each his task i planted the seed apollos watered it but god has been making it grow so neither the one who plants neither the one who waters is anything but only god makes things grow the one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose and they will each be rewarded according to their own Mm. labor Mm. So Paul is telling us here that you plant the seed, 
somebody else is going to have a job of watering it. Mm. That's what you're called to do. I mm. need you to plant that seed in that person. So if you have a conversation with somebody, I need you to be able to tell them like, hey, I don't think you should be doing that. I think that God has a bigger plan for you. And when you do that, that takes his plan away from you. You don't need to go into a whole deep spill about it. But if you want to just plant that seed, that's planting the seed. Right. The person who's watering it is, hey, I just sent you some Christian music instead of the rap music that you normally want to listen to. Right. Hey, I've got a church service or a revival if you want to come with me today. Now we're watering the seed. Right. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it's not your job to make it grow. Gotcha. God will make it grow. Yeah. And he tells us that God, we are nothing. God is the one who will make it grow. We just have to plant the seed and water it and let God work on their hearts and do the rest of it. Mm. Okay. There we go. Dude, let's let's talk about your girlfriend, man. What's what's going on there? Let's dive into that section. It's good. Yeah? It's good. Love that girl. Yeah? How long have y'all been dating for? We've been dating for... What's it? November 27th. It'll be 11 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So then I kind of already know the story, but give them some context yeah. on how y'all met and stuff. So essentially, this is when I was in Louisiana. Um, big thing about being in college and high school is like, I didn't have a girlfriend, but you know, I was always like that people pleaser or trying to get a girl or something like that. Like sure. it was never just like a, like a hookup thing for me. Like I never sure. wanted that, but I wanted a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So whenever I got out to, uh, Louisiana by myself, I was like, you know what? I'm not even focused on that kind of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And one thing, um, you can probably attest to is that when you become a man of God and you start walking in a different light. You attract people oh, just by yeah. the way that you act. Oh, yeah. Like, just like pe- people see you act in a different manner. They're like, okay, that guy, I don't even know if he's a man of God or not. He just he just acts like he's right mm-hmm. because acting like a man of God is right. So yeah. like, he just acts like like he's mature. That's the thing, bro. You can't deny it. Like when you have the spirit living inside of you, yeah. they're looking at God. Yeah. Literally. And it's attractive. Yeah. Exactly. God is attractive. Exactly. Right. So at this point, I started talking to a girl... Um, that went to Mississippi State. I was talking to her for a little bit. Uh, I think we just had conflicting viewpoints. It didn't really work out. Gotcha. Um, so I stopped talking to her, and then my <coughs> my mother was like, "How about you go on a date with my uh, my friend's daughter?" I said, "Nah, I'm good." <laughs> Even though I I had already known her from high school too. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she asked me to go to a prom with her, and then. Um, she kind of was just like, nah, never mind. Okay. She did like her whole girl's thing. So I was like, all right, cool. Never talked to her after that. So I knew who she was, but I was like, nah, I'm not going on a date with her. I'm good. My mom was like, please just go on a date with her for me. I think you'd enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, if you're going to keep bugging me, fine. I just DM'd her. I was like, hey, my mom was like, you already DM'd her? I was like, yeah. I was like, it's not even that serious to me. Mm-hmm. DM'd her. Uh, was like, hey, would love to catch up. I haven't talked to you in a while. We should get coffee sometime when I'm in town. Mm-hmm. She was like, absolutely. Got her number. We went and got coffee. I can tell you when I went into the state, I had zero expectations. There you go. I had no expectations. Yep. I was like, it is, it's going to be what it's going to be. <coughs> I'm only here because my mom wanted me to come on this date. So I'll give it, I'll give it a fair shot. I'm not going to be a downer about it, but <coughs> I'm not really Man. expecting much to come from it. Mm-hmm. Left the date and I was like, hmm, that was, that was cool. Yeah. I could do that again. Yeah. I yeah. Was like, I was like, I could do that again. She's a pretty cool girl. Um, so started talking to her. Uh, more and more. went to the gym with her a couple of times. Whenever I came back in town, we would go get dinner and things like that. And uh, it got to a point where like, like we were getting a little bit more serious. But I was like, God, I don't know if she's the one. I was like, because she was very reserved and very shy mm-hmm. uh, first talking to her. So I was like, I don't know. I was like, I don't need a girl that's super reserved, super shy. I don't want to have to say everything to get out of her. I just want somebody that's going to talk to me. 
I was like, God, I don't know if this is it. God was like, he was like, keep faith. I'm going to show you why she's the one. You just got to, you just got to keep hanging in there. I promise you, I will show you why she's the one. Yeah. So I continue to talk to her, ask her to be my girlfriend. And as we go through our development, she opens up more and more. I'm like, oh, <coughs> this is, this is why you wanted me to be with her. Mm -hmm. She like showed size of her that was like, she is everything that I don't have. Bam. That I need. Yep. I was like, she's got, she's got the patience. Mm -hmm. She's got the, the slow down wisdom for me. She, mm -hmm. she's deep in her Bible. Mm -hmm. She's actually the one that makes me read more of my Bible than what I used to. Really? Like she was like, like she told me, she was like, yeah, I get home and I would just like, she was like, I would just go in my closet and just read. I was like, what? I was like, just go in your closet and read. I was like, I just, I was like, I may sit in my car and read or I may go on the couch and read. And for me, mine was like one or two chapters a day. She was like, I'll just go in there and read until I feel like I'm done reading. Wow. And I was like, okay. So this is what you're trying, this is where you're trying to get me to. And yeah. This is who I needed to do it with. Yeah. And so she just has like, like perfect qualities in her um, that compliment me. And then I have qualities in me that, that she doesn't have that compliment her. And I was like, okay, God, I see why. Yeah. I see why you put her in my life. Right. And it's just been, it's been working out for the better. Dude, dude, that is, that is absolutely, isn't that fantastic though how god does that oh yeah like when michelle and i started talking both of us like i shot her a dm shot me a dm back you know we got on the phone call and like we had no expectations whatsoever of yeah. getting married yeah or anything like that like we were just like yeah we'll see what happens right yeah. and then we got off the phone i'm like wow well yeah we need to visit each other yeah. <laughs> and then you know yeah, we we've, we've helped each other so much. Um, but dude, let's let's talk to the single dudes out there, bro. Dude, uh, first of all, it just explains that when you walk, like as we explained before, when you walk as a man of God, it's attractive mm -hmm. to other people. And if you're a woman of God, same thing. It attracts other people when you walk in that manner. But for the single guy that's waiting, and he's like, "Where? When is God going to give me a man? Or when is God going to give me a woman? When mm -hmm. is God going to give me the person I'm supposed to be with?" I actually posted this because whenever we were dating for about a month, there was like nothing on Instagram that I posted. Really? And the first picture I posted was with her and it says, you deserve a proper introduction. Mm -hmm. It was pictures of us just being together. And I found a post that summed it up perfectly. It says, when God knows you're ready for the responsibility of commitment, he'll reveal the right person under the right, under the right circumstances. Wait patiently. Don't waste your time searching and wishing. Grow and be ready and you'll see. God will give you a love story far better than you can, than you could ever dream of. Wow. And that was like, wow. Perfectly lined up with how I met her. Cause it was like, dude, I yeah. didn't, I was like, I always wanted a girlfriend, but God never gave me a girlfriend. Right. Same. And it was like, I get close to some girls, but it was never like yep. girlfriend. So it was yep. like, yep. God, I was like, out of all these other guys that I'm, that I'm around, I was like, if it comes to like maturity and walking in a certain way, I was like, I'm probably like the most capable of having a girlfriend. Dude, right now. yeah, I was always the same way. I'm like, how do they? I was like, how does he have a girlfriend? But right. I was like, I don't. Right. But in the sense, it was also like when I met a girl and she was interested in me, I wasn't settling right. for her to be my girlfriend. Either. It was always like, I know what I want, but God, why isn't that person in my life yet? Mm -hmm. And eventually it was like, it took me some time to realize that you're not there yet. You have not broken yep. out some things in you. And once you become the man that you're supposed to be, I will place this person in yep. your life yep. under the right circumstances, under the right time, wait patiently. So it was like, okay, now that I've started to, because I don't think if I had met her when I was in college, 
Like we never would have been a thing. Oh yeah. Like she no, never Michelle and I talked about that. If I would have met Michelle a month before we met, chalked. Chalked. Yep. Wouldn't, wouldn't have worked out. Yeah. Like Not she at never, all. She never would have been as attracted to me as she is now. And that's because like there was no, like, like even going through college, she was reading her Bible. Like she's, she's been big on God. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was lukewarm in college. Yeah. I wasn't reading my Bible or anything. So it's like, it was like, yeah, like, like she wouldn't want to be with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, who, who wants a guy that's going out to the bars every Saturday or something like that when she's the one in church Yeah, every Sunday reading her Bible? Mm-hmm. So it was like, God was like, all right, I'm giving you the person, but you're not there yet. So I have to wait. You're going to have to break some things down. I'm going to put you in some positions. It might take a couple of years, but once you break all that down mm-hmm. and you are a man who is worthy right. of being with her, right? then and only then I, I can I can put her in your path. Right. I, I can provide her for you. Right. And that's, dude, that's such a good point because, dude, God knows us so well. Yeah. And he has so many thoughts about us. Yeah. And God hates sin and he hates divorce. Yeah. So why think, think about it like this. Why would God place a woman in your life that you're not ready for yeah. just to put the desire in your heart because you want a girlfriend and he knows that you're not ready. So y'all are going to get a divorce later on. Yeah. Why would he do that? He wouldn't, he wouldn't do that. Right. So if you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus and you know, you don't have someone in your life right now, you need to get to a point where you are so focused on him, you're not even worrying about other yeah. women because that is the only way you're going to grow your character. Yeah. If you still have a, all this outside noise about wanting to DM girls, get their attention, yeah. wanting to you know, just have an attractive wife, whatever it may be, that is not the place God wants you to get to. Yeah. God wants you to get to a place where you're just focused on him because that is where he is going to fix your character to fit the wife of your yeah, dreams. Yeah, and trust me, when I tell you, JB and I can both contest to this, if you're focused on the Lord and he gives you that woman, you're going to be like, holy crap, I'm so glad I focused yeah. on you. Because if I wouldn't have and just would have settled with some girl, yeah, wouldn't have worked out. Wouldn't have worked out. And also it would have sucked. Yeah. Like all the girls that I've dated in the past, dude, I am so thankful they didn't work out. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I can look back. I can look back at the girls that I talked to. And then if I got into this place now where I'm as strong in my faith now as I, as I am now and where they probably would have been at the same time, it would have been dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Yep. When it would not have worked out. It wouldn't have been, it would have been completely dysfunctional and it would have just ended in more heartbreak and more pain. I know a lot of people say that you got to, you got to go through some heartbreak to find right. the one. Right. I mean, that's not true. Right. That is not, you don't, you don't yeah. have to go to heartbreak. I've never, I've never been through a heartbreak. Yeah. In order to find the one that you don't, for me. heartbreak happens when you try and force something when there's nothing there to begin exactly. with. That's what heartbreak is. Exactly. And a lot of people like to sugarcoat it. Oh, I thought we were compatible, this and that. No, you weren't. You were never compatible from the start. Yeah. Because y'all are two fleshly people not trying to serve a perfect person. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I just want to give some encouragement to the single people uh, out there, whether it's guy or girl. Like, I promise you, if you just focus on God, he is going to change your character so well to a point where when you get into a relationship, you're going to be like, now I understand. Yeah. Just be patient. Mm-hmm. Just be patient. God will give you, because we spoke about it in actually one of my videos. It got, um, well, actually one of your videos about mm-hmm. my favorite Bible verse. And that mm-hmm. was actually one of the things that I wrote down on there yeah. was give me the perfect yeah. Like, give me give me my, my perfect girlfriend that I want. Yeah. 
So if you guys if you guys need a verse to lean on for it, Habakkuk, Habakkuk, sorry, Habakkuk chapter two, verse two to three, write the vision and make it plain so that whoever sees it will run to it. And although it may tarry, which means take a long time, wait for it, for surely it will come at its appointed time. Meaning that write the vision. So if you want a girlfriend with this, that, and the third, write your vision and make it plain so that when you see it, you will run to it. And although it may take a long time, wait for it, for surely it will come at the time that God wants it to happen for you. So not when you want it to happen, but when God deems that you are ready for that blessing to come into your life. Because I promise you, your fiance, Michelle, my girlfriend, Neil, they are blessings. Oh, yeah. So when God gives gives you that blessing, Mm -hmm. he knows that you are ready for it at his appointed time, not your appointed time. Yeah. And, you know, JP... JP can contest to this, and I I wrote down um, in a journal about when it comes to the clothing that I'm wearing now, I said that the girl that models for my clothing, I want you to make it so obvious that she's my wife or she's nobody. Like, and then Michelle wrote a prayer about me where she was like, you know, you know, I'm ready. I want this, 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 and now I patiently wait. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was, I think maybe three months. Um, and for her, it was like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's that that's crazy. just the way the cookie crumbles. Yeah. But you know, if I would have, let's say I wrote that down. Um, or when I wrote that down, she would have came to me two days later. I would have completely messed that up. Yeah. A hundred percent there. There were so many little details when it comes to me watching YouTube videos, yeah. podcasts, scriptures that have spoken to me just so many little things and i'm like wow if michelle would have been with me at this point and i didn't read this sentence this one she would have left me yeah and it is so like man i just i just want to encourage the singles out there because i was in that boat where i'm like i think i'm ready like what the heck right like it was frustrating i'm like i'm so much better than all these men you know, I, I can live for myself. I have a nice car. I have a dog. Yeah. Right. Like I have all these <laughs> things everything. <laughs> and like, you know, I still don't have anyone, but yeah. So going along side with that, I believe we should, we should dive deeper into the relationship. Um, what do you do once you've waited patiently and you find that person? How do you steward that mm. in a season later? Ooh. Ooh. Cause when you spoke about, the fact that if you hadn't read certain verses or did certain things that it wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been able to like, like whenever she met you, she wouldn't have been able, like she would have left you immediately. Yeah. But it was those things that allowed you to like steward exactly what you need. So you, you read that verse and you were like, okay, this is how you treat a faithful woman. This mm-hmm. is how I need to treat her. Okay. If I didn't read that verse and three months down the road, I'm with Neil and I don't treat her the way she's supposed to be. That's automatically a fracture in our relationship. And now that could lead to the breakup later. Right. So where do we, where do you get your guidance? Where, how do you steward your relationship? Dude, the the biggest thing is when the work isn't done, when you get the girl, the work honestly just begins when you get the girl. Yeah. Because relationships and marriage or engagement season or just you dating, relationships are still work. Yeah. Whether this is me and you being friends or whether this is Michelle and I being engaged, relationships are always going to be work. <coughs> and stewarding relationships really come with um, the convictions of what God is giving you yeah. and how you're supposed to serve your partner. Yeah. Because again, 
your partner is a blessing. Yeah. You are not supposed to make your woman's life harder. Yeah. You're supposed to make her life substantially easier. Yeah. In the same way, she's supposed to make your life substantially easier. Yeah. It's not some independent contract where she does this, you do, you do this. And we just no, coexist. Exactly. It's, it's a team thing where, you know, I help her on some stuff. She helps me on some stuff. And that's that's how you steward the relationship the work isn't done when you get it the work is just now beginning yeah when you're with the woman that you know you're going to be with for the rest of your life divorce isn't in the it's not in the cards breakup isn't in the cards divorce is in the cards so what does that leave you with it leaves you with continuing to work on the relationship so that never happens because if you don't work on it it leads to divorce yeah every time yeah i think the biggest thing that i've learned from my relationship with neil is that i have to Although I've killed my killed some things to myself that before I got into relationship, there are still some things that have to die because I haven't been in a relationship with somebody like that before. Right, dudes. And, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, yeah. There are some things that like I, I can say in my household, the way that me and my brother talk to each other uh, when we disagree. And it's not even an argument. It's just the way we disagree. We're very um, animated in the way that we, we discuss mm. things versus her. She feels that whenever somebody is getting animated or or maybe like rising their octaves, or if I'm being passionate about something, she feels that I'm angry and that, mm. and then it completely shuts her down. Gotcha. And so I have to revert the way I speak to her right. in order to make sure whenever we have a disagreement about something that it's in a, it's in a manner that that's effective for both. Right. And so that, that took some time for me to learn. And of course it takes a lot of apologizing to say, Hey, right. I understand that the way I spoke to you in this time, it did not make you feel good. And I'm sorry that it made you feel that way and I'm going to work on it because that's right. not the way I want you to receive me. Right. And so it, it, like you said, it's work and there's a lot of things that you're going to have to die to yourself. There are certain things that you have to cut out of your life. Right. I can tell you right now, there are girls that I followed on Instagram before I met her that I do not follow now. Same. Because I know the temptation of what could be there and right. the fact that I'm just following them in the first place. Yep. And dude, she, and that just comes with knowing yourself, dude. Yeah. Are you flesh. following are you following a girl where before y'all started dating, did you like seeing her in a bikini? Yes or no? Yeah. If so, you better unfollow her yeah. because you just looking at a girl lustfully is still adultery yeah. in God's eyes. So and that just comes down to you being vulnerable and honest with yourself. Yeah. And the thing is if that keeps on coming up on your feed, over yeah, it may not happen in one year. It may not happen in five years. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe in a decade, y'all are still following each other. Maybe she likes one of your photos. One thing leads to another, and yeah. you're like, yeah, maybe I can yeah. just slide. Yeah. Like, you know, Liar you got to be honest DM, with yourself. Yeah. So that's why, like, Neil, she has full access to my Instagram. She has oh, really? password and everything. Like, she can get on it at any time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like she can go there. She'll see people on my blocked list. Like, like there's <sighs> one thing for me to unfollow them, and there's another thing where I'm like, I know even though I unfollowed you, I can still go to your page. Mm. You're going to have to get a block. Mm. I, I hate it for you. If my content is edifying for you in some type of way, I hate it for you, but it's going to have to get a block mm. regardless. I mean, because that's just like I, I know where my flesh can take me and I know what she deserves. Right. And so yep. if, the, if those are the repercussions that I have to take for myself to make sure it doesn't happen, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. To yeah. Because at the end of the day, like when I'm, when she becomes my wife, the whole point is that we're doing life together. It's right. not like my separate life, your separate life. We're doing life together. So everything that, like you said, I do is to benefit you. Right. Is to make sure that this relationship works in every way, shape and form. Mm-hmm. Not for me, not for it to just work for me and be okay for me. And as long as I sweep it under the rug and you didn't see it, it's all cool. It's no, I got to be faithful in every mm-hmm. single scenario for you. Mm-hmm. So I think a big thing for stewarding once you're in that relationship is Number one, knowing your flesh. Yeah. 
yeah, know your flesh, know what tempts you, know what can take down your relationship, and know what can harm it. And number two is cater to your partner. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between like just bowing down and doing everything your yeah. partner says, right? And there's also catering to them because if they cater to you and you cater to them, that means you guys are working together. So there are certain things that you don't like that they do, and there are certain things that you do that they don't like. Mm-hmm. And then as long as you two are working between that and you're setting healthy boundaries with each other. As long as you have those two things intact, you can make a relationship work and you can steward it properly with the commitment that you make to each other. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I Michelle and I like to say this so much. If you're in a funk right now with your relationship and you know, you're like, I just don't think she's doing this or he's not doing this, it's not about changing the other person, it's about changing you. Yeah. Oh. When, when you oh. when you change yourself that is when the other person will change. Oh my goodness. Because it's two becoming one. Yes, dude. There are some things that your partner can do and you get upset at and it's almost it's taken me so long to adapt this mindset, but when I adapted it it made it so much easier in life. Neil may do something that I don't like and all of a sudden I think, Okay, I have to get curious. Yep. Not say I don't I don't yes. like why you don't do that. I have to get right. curious about myself and yep. say what made me tick in that way? Mm-hmm. It may be something in the past that happened yep. a long time ago yep. with another girl that I don't even remember, but my subconscious mm-hmm. is like that that ticked yep. me off immediately. Mm-hmm. And you have to be curious enough to say what she did wasn't even wrong. Right. What she did wasn't even like a yep. bad thing. Yeah. So there's something that has to die in me that I need to be able to take back and be like, okay, it shouldn't have bothered me the way that it did. I'm going to let you know that it bothers me. Yeah. But I'm also going to let you know that what you did wasn't wrong. Mm-hmm. And that there's something inside of me that I'm working on that, yep. that needs to change in me. That makes me, I don't need to take at something so small. Yeah. So my dude in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's the whole vulnerability stuff, dude. Yeah. If, you know, <coughs> there's been things that Michelle has done and, or things I've done. And she's like, hey, honey, um, you know, this happened four years in this direct manner and you kind of mimic this. So I'm upset because of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for letting me know that won't happen again. Yeah. I can change that. (laughs) Yeah. And I can, yeah, exactly. Um, now if we flip it and she holds it in, I continue to do it. You know how many problems that's going to cause long term. And like, she might not even like, she may hold it in and then all of a sudden you keep doing that action and it, and you guys blow up over something else that wasn't even that action. It was that repeat it. Keep, keep holding that in. And then all of a sudden something else happens and it blows up Mm -hmm. all over nothing. It's like when arguments happen, when blowups happen, it's never, it's never off one thing. It's always a buildup of things that happen that lead to that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, yeah, the, the vulnerability is like the biggest thing that me and Neil have worked on, even mm-hmm. when it comes to a point of like, yo, this is where I, this is where my like my flesh is taking me. Yeah. Like she knows like the whole reason she has access to my Instagram because I told her, I'm like, listen, I'm in a season. Well, at the time when I gave it to her, I was like, I'm in a season right now where I'm working all my life because this is a relationship that I'm new. Right. I have a hundred thousand followers that I can. 25% of them are female. I yeah. can go look at all these different people. Yeah. I'm in a season where I'm, my flesh is going to have to battle this. Right. I need accountability. Yeah. And I need you to know that whatever, whatever happens that we're going to be able to talk through it if right. something does happen, but I need this accountability to be set forth. Yeah. At the first place. Yeah. Before I even, before I even go off that deep end. Cause once you, the way that Tim Ross says it, what doesn't come up and out of the mouth comes out of your body. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to put it out there uh, in your mouth first, you're automatically saying, okay, this is what the problem is. I'm stating it right now so that, that we are both aware of it and it's on the table so that whenever I start to think about that problem, whenever mm-hmm. I'm going to go do it, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, Neil's already Neil's already available. Mm-hmm. Neil already is already on my Instagram account. So yep. I go even go look this up. She's gonna yep. see it. Mm-hmm. So you're just already setting up those countermeasures in the first place, mm-hmm. dude. And I think I I just think because again, as men, it's you need to do it yourself. Yeah. You know the whole hustle culture thing. No, dude, that's not how God no. called us to be. And it goes back to that, are you going to follow the one who created you? Yeah. Or are you going to follow the ones who think that they have their life together? Exactly. Right? Um, and, dude, being open with your partner, it's only going to make you better. Yeah. And let's say you're open and vulnerable with them and they leave. Beautiful. That, uh, I mean, why would, why would you not want to open up to your partner that won't yeah. accept you? Exactly. So if, they, if you open up to your partner and they leave, it's going to hurt promise you it's going to hurt yeah but at the end of the day you're going to realize that god removed that person from your life for a reason yeah and it wasn't on anything of your court that you did wrong Mm -hmm. if they leave out of your life because something that you did wrong then that's on you Mm -hmm. but if it's just you being vulnerable and open then it's like okay god you you've now given me the the ability to be vulnerable right give me somebody who i can be vulnerable with yep Put that mm-hmm. person in my life so that I know that we can grow together. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a one-sided thing. I want to be able to grow together, not by myself. Yeah. And, dude, even even in my past relationships, it was it was hard for me to open up. It wasn't until I fully got saved until I became vulnerable just yeah. with my friends. Yeah. And, like, man, like, with – I would be, like, semi-vulnerable, like, open up a little bit, but I was still afraid oh, to yeah. say certain things. Oh. With Michelle, I'm embarrassed if I don't talk about stuff. Oh, dude, I've, I think getting a girlfriend, getting a girlfriend and being vulnerable now, I don't think there's a thing that I can, that I say now to my friends that I'm not, that they're just like, oh, wow, you just don't care about saying it anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I was like, at this point, I was like, I don't care. I, I am who I am. It is mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. You know, I have friends that can accept me or can't yep. accept me where I'm at right now. Yep. And that, that, that's where I'm at. So it's like, I've had friends where I'm like, yo, we went. I think we had like a Bible study and I was like, we're doing a spill session. We were talking about everything mm. that went good in the week. We're talking about everything that went bad in the week. And we're just going to discuss what we're struggling with. Whole spill session. Spill yep. it out. And I said, bro, I said, bro, I'm dealing with lust. I was like, I'm going on my Instagram and I can see a bunch of different girls just off scrolling right now. I was like, so I need you to pray for me. I need you to know that's where I'm at. Mm. He said, dude, I was feeling the same thing. Yep. He said, bro, I'll be in the gym and I'll look at a girl. And he's like, I don't know why I looked at her for that long. Yeah. I'm like, dude, we are going to bet. Well, I promise you once we battled it together. Yeah. And we said that to each other, we were like, we don't have to do this anymore. Yeah. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not bound to this. Yeah. This vice anymore. Just us being vulnerable with, the, with, with each other broke it away. Yeah. Like, dude, that's, that's all it comes down to. And it's the whole, you may be embarrassed, but I'm telling you this right now. Yeah. Once you are focused on eternity yeah. and you're not focused on this life on earth, you don't oh, get embarrassed. No, you don't. You're like, dude, heaven's so much better than this. Yeah. If you're not with me, okay, fine. Okay, cool. <laughs> I don't care. It is what it is. So yeah. I mean, I shoot, it. Romans 8.31 said, if God's for us, who can, be, who can ever be against us? Yeah. And that was the verse that started playing in my head when I got saved. That's why it's on my t-shirts. Nice. And that's why I'm so open with everyone. And I get the hint right off the bat. I'll be vulnerable with them. And they're like, oh, all right. Okay, yeah. I'll probably never talk to you again. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I know people that will be in my corner, and that's fine too. Yeah, but. I've been, I've been vulnerable, vulnerable with some people. They're like, I think it's like my first, second time meeting them. Yeah. And I'll talk to them about something vulnerable. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if they're like, oh, that was, that was too much for me. Yeah. I'm sorry that was too much for you. Yeah. 
we we don't have to be friends, but I'm letting you know this is how it's gonna be. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm I'm, a t- I'm gonna tell you straight up how it is. I'm gonna tell you how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling some type of way, uh, I'm I'm just gonna tell you. It right. is what it is. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, we're gonna do a part two soon. Yeah. Um. It's been good. Yeah. And you know, whenever your girlfriend moves in, we'll do. Because JB does long distance with his girlfriend, and obviously Michelle and I did long distance. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, I think, oh, when yeah. she comes into town or moves here, whenever it may be. Yeah. <coughs> but yeah, JB are going to run it again soon. Um, thank you guys so much for watching. Michelle and I love you guys very much. Thank you all for all the support. Um, got anything else to say, brother? Nah, bro. I appreciate it. I wore the merch. If you guys haven't seen it, I don't know if you're sold out fully or not. Dude, there's like 15 left. I mean, by the time, th- yeah, guys. If y'all want these better than before T-shirts, there's like 15 left. Um, there's like oh. maybe six left for guys and like nine left for women. The sizes are really weird. There's like double XLs for girls. So yeah. you can definitely wear it as a dress. But you know, if you just want to support your boy. Yeah, go for take it. it from somebody who's not a part of the brand. It's yeah. just a really good shirt. Like I gave, he gave me one. I gave one to my girlfriend. Like just wearing it, like in general, I wear it to the gym. Like it's actually a very comfortable shirt. I like the design of it. Yeah, it's also very unique. So take it from somebody who's not biased. Yeah, it's actually a really good shirt, and I love it. Yeah, thank you, brother. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. Um, if y'all are not subscribed, uh, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> What are you doing? Hit that subscribe button. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we will catch y'all in the next one.